Welcome back to Relationship Builder Podcast, Dr. Kevin Skinner and my good colleague and friend, Brett Williams. Now, Brett, today we're going to provide maybe the most important tool that we have in our tool bag. It's on empathy. Empathy, right, Brett? I so agree. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I think it's second, but, but it's a close second to the first tool, which is, I think is love. But that's just my personal opinion. I actually think love and empathy are... I think they're twins. They are, aren't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. except for empathy is the application of attention. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Empathy is the application of love. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So, so, make a bumper well, sticker like that. Hey, would you? That'd be great. So I want to, I want to introduce this because today, remember, we're here providing the tools and you're going to be doing the building to our listeners. I, w- I want to, I'm going to bring that up every time because really we're trying to give you the tools so you can succeed, but we want you to be the builders. We're kind of like, Hey, here, here's some like, guidelines and tools that you can use. And I'm going to tell you, this is my favorite one because it makes the biggest difference. Amen. And I, and I would like to start off with a story. So I've been working with a couple, and they, they've just struggle, and they struggle to hear each other. And, I mean, you, you just know they're not hearing each other. They're just worn out. They're exhausted. And, and they just can't understand each other. It's No matter what they do, I do, it's like they, they're not hearing. They're not seeing. They're, it's just painful. And as a therapist, that's a hard place to be. You know, Brett, you've been doing this for 30 years. I mean, combined, we've been over 50 years of therapy. Uh, not in therapy, but doing therapy. Well, maybe we've been in therapy. Well, yeah, I was going to say, wait, maybe. <laughs> Call it as you want. But but it's one of those times where you're like, okay, where do we go with this? And I step back and I think, can you hear each other? In fact, I'm not even sure you guys like each other right now. But I'm wondering what your spouse is feeling. So I'm going to ask you just to sit down, as you already are, with your emotions, put them aside for a second, pull out this, thri- thri- I hand out a three by five card, and I ask them to write what their spouse is feeling. Not just what they're feeling, what they're thinking. Not just what they're thinking, but what their body is experiencing in their conflict. I give them that exercise for about three minutes. And then I say to them, okay, real quick. What was it like doing that? Did you hate it? Oh, I hate it. I don't, I don't want to feel. I don't, I don't want to think what they're thinking. I don't want to. Th- no, I hate this exercise. Okay. So how did it go? Well, I think she's feeling this. I think he's feeling that. And, we, and I let him go. And how close were they? They were really close. Mm. And as much as they were fighting, as much as they were arguing... That simple exercise really asked them to look internally. Powerful experience for them to realize that they had not been listening or feeling or thinking of the other person. It was how you hurt me. It's how you hurt me. It's how you hurt me. Anyway, it's it's something I've used many times since then because it's oh, it's, powerful. it's a great technique. I, I'm going to use that technique. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah, it's super powerful. It, Getting when anybody can get into somebody else's shoes—that's that's the definition that I always learned. You know what is the definition of empathy? It's the ability to walk in somebody else's shoes. Mm-hmm. 
And and when couples do that, when they can get in somebody else's shoes and walk a mile in, in the other person's path, it changes you. And it changes the conversation and it it changes the whole demeanor. It's 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 a it's really amazingly quick how fast things transform when we start walking in the other person's shoes. And Dan Siegel, uh, one of my favorite authors, a mindfulness neurofeedback guy, neuro or neuroscience guy. He said it this way, and I think it's really important. And it comes from a story that he shared about a client he was working with. And he had spent over a year with his client, and uh, she was getting ready to go to uh, out, move move out of state. And he thought, what a great opportunity for me to ask my client kind of what what was most helpful in our therapeutic interaction. And I'll, I'll, what he wrote was phenomenal. He said, oh, that's easy. Uh, that's what she said. Oh, that's easy. You made me feel felt. That's a great phrase. Yeah. And, and really, that I think that's what empathy is. It, it's the ability to feel other people, to think what they're thinking, and, and to be with them in their pain. And, and if we had an empathic world, a lot of the challenges that we are currently facing, we could alleviate them. If we could feel the pain, let's just say, for example, the rioting that's going on in our culture. If we could feel the pain of that kind of loss, uh, the fear that many people are feeling, as a culture, we would have more compassion on their plight and, and what they're experiencing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So true. So true. A technique that I like to use a lot with couples, um, it's called the long eye. Mm. And the, in the long eye technique, what you do is you, you listen to your spouse or partner share for a few minutes, and then I ask them to become their partner. And I want you to speak as if you are your partner. Share exactly what they just shared as if it was you. And, and t- typically, I'll start them with a story like from their childhood, something that happened to them that doesn't relate to the partner, so it makes it easier for the partner to become them. When, when, when we share stories that are about us, it's like, that's not what I said. That's not what I blah, 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 blah. So when I, when I hear a story that's not about me, it's easier for me to become you. And man, when my couples can start practicing the long eye and they can start practicing being the other person, um, it, it creates connections because what happens is you, you get two people coming together and they're both solving a problem or they're both kind of unraveling this feeling or this, this experience. And when two people come together to unravel the experience, it, it's, it's powerful. It's just really, really profound. You know, and I've heard you, we were talking about the, the soccer pitch example. Mm. And, and I think it, right now it'd be a perfect time to share that because I think that's really what you're starting to talk about there is two people on the same team rather than two people who feel like they're enemies or on the other side. Yeah. I, I Typically when I talk about empathy, I'll, I'll get on the board and I'll draw a you know, big soccer pitch and, and I'll say, okay, here's you and then here's you. And I'll, I'll draw like an X and an O on two sides of the soccer pitch. And I say, you know, here you are, you're trying to make your point. You're trying to move towards the goal down the field. And here you are, you're trying to make your point. You're trying to move down the field to where you want to make your goal. Well, what does that make you guys in terms of a relationship? 
well, it, it just when you see it on the board, it's just really obvious. We're opponents. We're not teammates. We're opponents. I'm trying to make my point. You're trying to make your point. And and in the process, we're trying to shut down the other person's point because that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. Is not only to make my point, but also stop you from making your point. And, and that's exactly what happens in our conversations. And so I said, okay, what what needs to happen is that we need to be on the same team, which means we both need to advance the ball in the same direction. We both need to work towards the same goal. And that's what empathy does. I share a little bit about my pain and hurt. You come in and you share what I shared. And and I always tell my couples, you got to contribute to the story. So I shared, you know, X, Y, and Z. You have to take it and add to it. You have to advance the ball down the field. If I pass you the ball as my, my teammate, Kevin, if I just pass you the ball and you just stop the ball, like just you just flat out repeat what I said, uh, you're feeling mad, you're feeling frustrated, and, and you just stop the ball right there, it kills the conversation. It or makes if you're me mad, a, quite frankly. Yeah, or if you're sitting in the stands and watching me out there on the field kicking the ball by myself, you know, and you're and you're not saying anything. You're not engaged. You're not mm-hmm. on the field with me. That's not going to work. The and, only and, way it's going to work is we work together, right? Yeah, and, and I think what you just described there is resentment, uh-huh. right? Right. You kick me the ball, and I resent you because you didn't meet my need. You didn't do whatever I was hoping you would do, and, and as a consequence, I pull back. I'm not going to play. I'm just going to sit and watch you do this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. And so I always tell couples what we're doing is not active listening. Mm. This is not active listening. Active listening does not work. Active listening is like me passing you the ball and then you just stop the ball. Super frustrating. What you have to do as the listener is that you have to advance the ball. You have to contribute to the story. So they said X, Y, and Z. You have to add to it. What are they feeling? What are they thinking? What... Where would you be if this was happening to you? And and by doing that, what happens is the conversation deepens and deepens and deepens and deepens. It's amazing to watch. Amazing and, to watch. And and really what you're describing there is this process of two people being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right? And vulnerability is really... The, why do we become vulnerable? It's because we actually start seeing this person. And the more we understand each other, the more likely we are to have empathy for them. If you've ever Absolutely. sat with somebody who, I'll give you a really painful example of this, but it's, it's, it's something that I experienced. I was sitting across, I was just a brand new therapist working in a master's degree in Lincoln, Nebraska. And they asked me if I wanted to meet with some individuals who were coming from the Nebraska State Penitentiary. And I thought, I need the hours, I'll, you know, whatever it takes, I just want to get the experience. And I sat across from a man who had killed somebody. He had spent half his life in the pen. Wow. And as I sat with him and I listened to his story, it changed me. If I'd grown up in that home, if I'd been in the environment that he was in, I wonder if I would have responded differently in the circumstances that he was in. 
it changed my perspective. When, when you sit with people, when you sit and listen to their stories, there's always a story. Always, yeah. The problem is we aren't listening. We aren't taking enough time to listen to the story of the pain, of the suffering. And when we sit with that pain long enough, we begin to realize the story hasn't been heard. That part of them, as we often say, has not been listened to. And a powerful way to create change is to listen to the story, hear the pain. It's a game changer. To help them feel felt, like you said. That's a great phrase. Yeah. It's one of the more powerful things that I find in my work with my clients. I've had many people say, you seem to understand me more than anybody. And really, all I'm doing is listening to this person's story and care. I care. I mean, it's hard to see so much pain. And yet, at the same time, it's a sacred experience to sit with others who are suffering and hear and listen. I just appreciate it. So I am grateful for clients. I'm grateful for the stories that we hear. And it's just one of those times in life where if you can sit and listen, you're going to often be surprised at what you're hearing on the other side. People are better than we think they are. Absolutely. And and I love what you're saying because it's kind of the way I conceptualize it too, that what I'm really teaching couples when I'm teaching them to listen to each other is to just be good therapists to each other, just mm-hmm. to really hear and hold and contain the other person's feeling. Last night we, we had men's group and um, a lot of a big portion of my men's group is guys checking in, guys sharing how their week was, their struggles, their 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 victories, and just connecting with each other. And so one guy was sharing about um, how he had a really, really good week with his wife. And everybody's like, what? Really? What? what, what how? How'd you do that? Like, how'd you do that? What, what happened? And, um, and he really made me smile because he's like, well, we just did what Brett told us to do. <laughs> like, really? Okay. But um, it works. Yeah, this couple, it's, yeah, it's really a cute couple because they work together on a business. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a dangerous situation, but they work together on a business. Um, he's kind of on a different shift because they're manufacturing stuff in China. And so he works the night shift talking to the manufacturers in China all night. And then she's working with customers all day in the daytime. And so he walks out about five o'clock in the afternoon. He's waking up from sleeping all day and, and his wife is grumpy. She's feeling frustrated and irritated. And he right away recognizes her irritation and upset. And he starts to take a breath or two Hmm. and he starts to calm down because that's the moment when he would normally start to react. He would start to personalize her upset and then, like, what's wrong with you? Hey, well, yeah. And, and then she would get more upset and they would spin. But he's like, okay, first thing I wanted to do is I just took a couple breaths and I just slowed myself down. And then I just, I just sat with her and just tried to hear where she's at. And I just, you know, asked her, hey, what's going on? Tell me what's happening. She shared her story. She shared what was happening. He uh, empathized, uh, supported her, just kind of allowed the story to grow and develop. And then he said after about 10 minutes, she was better. She was calm and relaxed. And then she flipped it and said, how are you? Hmm. How are you feeling? And he's like, this is great. <laughs> this it is works. Awesome. 
it yeah, works. It works. You know, yeah. it goes back to where we started. Attention, love. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And and empathy is really that that it's it's like the engine that drives it. A- anyway, there's there's a couple other final points I'd like to make today. Yeah. One is when we see another in their suffering, it means we're more attuned to them. That's another term we use, attunement. And when we are attuned to people, there's something that happens inside of us. We actually like ourselves more because we are with people in their suffering, which is compassion. And so now we bring this compassion and empathy and we tie this beautiful knot and bow together. And, and so it, it's a powerful, powerful thing to do with couples is to help them sit in that. Because when I work with couples, many times they feel hurt, betrayed, let down by their spouse. And when we develop this empathy for the pain, then, then we're much more successful because we listen and we hear. So many times, Brett, we have couples come to us and they say, we're just not communicating well. And really what they're saying is we don't have empathy for each other. Right. We're really not listening well is we're, really what they're saying. We're not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so now we're saying, and because it, it's more than listening, it's, it's deeper. It's, it's, we're not right. empathizing. I'm not feeling your pain. In fact, I don't care about your pain. Yeah. And we're saying, pause it a little bit. Let's listen. Let's learn. Let's feel. It's just more effective. Number yeah, two, uh, one more point. When we do that well, our personal confidence goes up. Because when you have empathy for people, you like yourself more. Because you're doing good. So when I'm angry, when and, I'm And irritated, I also think because we're connecting. Mm-hmm. We're all connecting. And that, and as, as herd animals, as humans, we need to connect. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the core concept here, right? So, so the power of this empathy concept we've been talking about today, it's a skill that requires practice. I don't believe we are born with empathy. I believe we work our way into empathy. It's how we become better at relationships. It's how we show that love. And if you want to be great at relationships, which is my goal for all of us, let's develop these skills. Skills are learned. Relationship skills they're not just inherited. They're not just given to us. We learn them. And the better we are, the more effective we will be, the happier we'll be, and quite frankly, the more successful we, we will be in life. And yeah, love. Again, yeah, again, amen. Um, I'm going to add one more final thought to that. Yeah. Um, the general stereotype is that men are nuts. Men are selfish or um, poor communicators. We just have this kind of view that guys just don't know how to communicate. And over and again, I'm always shocked. When I teach men empathy skills, I am always amazed how great they do. Once they know what to do, holy moly, it is just it always jaw-dropping to watch them in action. Mm -hmm. Because they know now what they're supposed to do. They know Oh, that's what it looks like. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. And and oftentimes, it's kind of interesting, oftentimes I will see the guy being better at being empathetic than even the gal. And traditionally, we always think of gals as, as being better communicators than men. Uh, but when, when we learn the skills, it's a skill. 
when we learn the skills, guys are skill oriented and they, they often just really rock it once they know what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And, and I, I might, I might say there that when we learn, it, it also boosts our confidence. Yeah. So to our listeners, I, I want, I mean, today we want to thank you for listening. It's a tool, empathy, that if we really look at it, can make our lives significantly better. All right. Any final comments today, Brett? Well, I would give the homework assignment, practice empathy, you guys. Practice uh, thinking about soccer talk, thinking about how can I help make my partner's point instead of always out there trying to make my point first. And how we can do that, again, I gave an example in the beginning of what I did with that couple sitting down and writing on a 3 by 5 card. If you, if you find yourself struggling, frustrated, think about what your partner, spouse, child is saying and listen and ask yourself, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? What is their mind and body experiencing at this time as I interact with them? As you do that, you will be developing your empathic skills and your relationships will improve. All right. This now concludes our podcast today. Any final thoughts? Practice, practice. All right. Thank you for being with us today. This has been the Relationship Builder Podcast with Dr. Kevin Skinner and Brett Williams. Remember, love is a choice. Make it every day.